I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. What is up, beauties? This is the Bear of Texas. Welcome to another edition of Into the Net FC, the soccer talk discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. As usual, I'm reporting live in an undisclosed location deep in the heart of frozen DFW. It's once again my honor to welcome back my good friend in Southern California. Steve, what's going on? Hey, nice sunny day today. Um, Almost cool by Southern Cal standards. It was about 61, 62 degrees today. But compared to what most of the midsection of the country has been getting hammered with in the past week, I have nothing to complain about. Yep, still frozen down here, but it's not negative uh, 2 degrees anymore. It's actually now in the mid-20s. So, a little bit warmer, but you know what? Today was still a positive day because the Champions League was back. You know, several ex- very exciting results. There's lots to talk about. So, Steve, I'm really excited to once again talk about the Champions League, and I hope you are too. Yeah. Um, the I don't know which ones you want to start. If you wanted to start with today's games or yesterday's games. Well, you know what? Since it, his name was trending, which I'm not surprised because it tends to a lot. We'll go ahead and start out with Barcelona and PSG because this game, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you, this game did not go the way I would ever would have anticipated. Never. Well, PSG was missing Neymar, and uh, there, there is hope that he'll be back for the return leg. But uh, you know, French teams as a rule generally don't go into the the new camp and get a good result. The The last time a French club had actually won a European match at Barcelona was Mets. Um, during the, the old Cup Winners Cup from 84-85, they won 4-1 to one at the new camp. But since then, no other French opposition had won at Barcelona. So uh, for PSG to get uh, the 4-1 win, uh, huge. Absolutely. And not only was Neymar missing, but so was Angel Di Maria. Yeah, hardly missed him at all. Um, but uh, very open game. Uh, the the scoreline slightly slightly deceptive. I mean, Barcelona certainly had their chances at the game, but it was a very wide open game. Uh, Messi gets the benefit of kind of a fluky call on a on a penalty uh, that goes their way that Messi cashes in. But then um, Mbappe uh, ties it up in the 32nd minute and then um, goes ahead in the 65th minute. Uh, the Italian Moise Keane, who's on loan actually from Everton, uh, he gets the third goal. The fourth goal for PSG, though, was masterclass. Oh. It, it, was, it, oh. it was a thing of beauty. It was the goal of the game. Off a, a counterattack, uh, the German Drexler, he must have dribbled the ball a good 60 yards. And there was just nothing but Catalan grass in front of him. And took the ball 60 yards, laid the dish off to Mbappe, who curled absolutely just a beautiful master class goal. The, the finish was absolutely sublime. That's killing Mbappe for you. And check this out, 22 years old, and he already has 22 Champions League goals in 41 games, okay? 
And not only that, here's something that's really interesting. The first player in history to score a hat-trick against Barcelona in a Champions League knockout game. And it was on the road as well. Well, and on the first on the first goal, he absolutely schooled his French teammate Clément Lenglet, uh to get this first goal. Just absolutely turned him inside and out, uh, and scored. It was it was a nice bit of dribbling from tight space, and uh, he just schooled his teammate to get the first goal. It's just unbelievable. And I want to go back to that penalty because that penalty was absolutely bogus. Okay, Frankie De Jong. Definitely dope. It was not a penalty. And I guarantee you, if VAR had checked it, if the referee would have made the right decision, the referee, the right decision would be waved off. That was no foul, okay? It's just, I, I mean, I'm actually surprised VAR did not get involved. Well, but at the end, PSG, they win by three goals, and then they score four potentially very valuable away goals. And, um... You know, a couple of years ago, PSG put a hiding on Barcelona, but then when they came back to play in the return leg, they lost something like 6-1 uh, for, for Barcelona to win on that round of 16 game. That was a couple of years ago. I remember. But, uh, but PSG was uh, absolutely fantastic. Uh, they seemed to be getting their mojo uh, playing under Pochettino. And... Um, you know, just a really, really nice win. Uh, Sergino Dest, uh, an American international, he was playing for Barcelona today. Uh, fair game, but didn't really figure very, very much in anything. But it's always good to see an American international get a chance to get some playing time in the Champions League. Yeah, and before I uh, want to before I want to get up more uh, points from this game. Actually, at least a record of at least seven Americans actually are going to play a role in the, in the round of 16. So that's actually pretty cool. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a really great thing. Uh, Tyler Adams played for Leipzig in a losing effort against Liverpool, but we'll get to that game in a minute. And as far as Mbappe goes, he became he's the third highest scorer now for PSG, so he's right under uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic and Edinson Cavani, who's at 200. Well, and he's still awfully young. I mean, I still, I still think that PSG. I I have a feeling that Mbappe is probably going to be heading elsewhere. I'm not sure if he's going to be going to the EPL or if he's going to be going to La Liga. But um, you know, a lot of it I think depends too on what PSG accomplishes this year, both in Europe and domestically. Well, keep in mind it could you know it it could be Liverpool that takes him so. There's always that to hope. But anyway, from this game, you know, from what I mentioned, you know, Antoine Griezmann, he had at least three, you know, very promising chances. I mean, the the first time, you know, he, he would, he would like, it was like denied. And the second time, you know, it, it was perfectly done. But then he just got the ball, the ball was too wide. And I mean, the, the third time, it was courtesy because the goalkeeper, uh, the PSG goalkeeper made a terrible mistake. And Antoine Griezmann was just inches away from cashing it in and, wasn't really, I mean, as far as Griezmann, no. Also, apparently, uh, he and Mbappe had a little bit of a collision. That that was kind of a a, a nasty uh, sign. You know, he was kind of scared. I was like, I was really hoping. Oh God, please don't. Mbappe can't be hurt again. We can't. They can't. You know, miss him now. It's, jeez. But it wasn't just Griezmann. U- Usman Dembele also had a couple of promising touches, and 
And speaking of Usman Dembele, it's really good to see him actually start more. He's getting more playing time. He's healthy. And actually, I don't know if I mentioned, but Samuel Umtiti was actually on the bench of this game. So I was actually surprised to actually see his name in, in the whole entire, uh, whether it was on the bench or in the lineup. I was just surprised that his name was there. Yeah, definitely an awful lot of talent on display for, for both sides. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Longley, I mean, he really did have his hands full because when Moises Keane scored, you know, it seemed like Clement Langlais had three guys to deal with. You know, he jumped up too early, and then Moises Keane got ahead of him at the right time, and boom, that was it. Yeah, time just jumped well, and the Italian cashed it in. Yeah. It was a great game, but, you know, it's game one, and, you know, we'll have to, we'll have to see how things go in leg two, but the thing to keep in mind is, you know, both these teams are not the teams that they were back in 2017. I mean, PSG's gotten better, while Barcelona has, you know, has dramatically uh, regressed. So, but still, we'll have to wait and see. Liverpool gets a nice win on the road in uh, scenic Budapest, Hungary. Uh, Two-zip win over Leipzig. Um, Leipzig actually started out the brighter. They hit the post very early on in like the fifth minute. And uh, last year's semi-finalist, or I should say last season's semi-finalist for the Champions League. Um, they they two defensive errors on their part, and uh, Mohamed Salah and Sadio Mane punished them both. And both were absolutely beautiful goals. And it's, in, in Mo Salah's case, 24 goals so far this season in 34 games. So Mo Salah's still having a great year. And, you know, Sadio Mane, you know, this was, you know, his fifth player had actually scored 20-plus uh, Champions League goals. So so those, those two big pieces are definitely doing great things, uh, despite the, the struggles and everything going on with the Reds. Yeah, Salah latched on to a really bad back pass, and uh, he punished Leipzig with that. And then um, Mane took advantage of a poor clearance from Nordi Mukele, and... Uh, Took advantage of that. Bukele kind of mistimed his challenge uh, on the ball that was coming just past midfield, and then um, the the Senegalese put it past Galashi to make it two zip. Um, so two huge away goals for Liverpool. They kept a clean sheet, so they go back to Anfield up two zip over Leipzig. Check this out. Speaking of clean uh, clean sheets. Since Jurgen Klopp took charge uh, back in September of 2017 in the Champions League, the Reds have registered more clean sheets in the competition than any other side, and that's a total of 18, if I'm correct. Yeah, and uh, Mo Salah, uh, he continues to have a good season. Uh, 24 goals in 34 games, all competition. And then uh, Sadio Mane's goal, he's become the fifth Liverpool player to score 20 goals in Europe. And he's he's up there with some pretty good company, uh, leading the list at 41 goals is Steven Gerrard, Mo Salah at 24, Michael Owen, 22, Ian Rush, who is a great Welsh center forward for Liverpool in the early and mid-'80s. Um, he was on a couple of teams that had won uh, the... Champions Cup back then, so Sadio Mane is tied with Ian Rush, so he's in some pretty good company. I'm glad you. Brought, I'm glad you. You actually confirmed it because I w- wanted to make sure I was correct. Yeah, it was a, the fifth player to have 20 goals in the European competition. So, 
Thank you for actually uh, confirming. I want to make sure that I had the statistics correct because statistics are the facts, and facts are key. But uh, it's also kind of an interesting game because you've got uh, two German coaches, Jurgen Klopp, who's had a tremendous amount of success, and uh, the Leipzig coach, Julian Nagelman, um, who's who's been, um, you know, doing, you know, very, very well at Leipzig. So, um, anyway, but yeah, great win for, wait, great win for the Reds. And before we wrap up this game, I got to ask you, Steve, are you surprised that Liverpool was able to take the win this way? I was, I was, I was a little surprised in the manner they did it. They played really good ball. Um, Curtis Jones with a really nice assist on the Mane goal. But um, I was pleasantly surprised at how well they played. I mean, after just their odious form for the previous couple games. But it's definitely their best game they had uh, since the 3-1 to win they had over Tottenham a few weeks back. Well, it's, it's good because Liverpool needed this win because Liverpool's on a mission to avenge what happened to them in the last tournament when they were the defending champions because it's, I'm still shocked to this day that, that Atletico Madrid was able to pull off this upset. So Liverpool's really going to try to avenge that. And so far they have, but... The one thing that Liverpool and PSG have to watch out for now because the second their second leg is on their turf is that they can't allow their opponent to take away of the away, goal, away goals rule. I mean, that's well, a rule that's really it's really haunting. If they could if they could keep it up, if they could keep it up, but you know, Leipzig certainly has the firepower where they could score. Um, but um, but still having the the two goals on away goals it's no small thing for Liverpool, so I think Jurgen Klopp would have to be pretty pleased with the results. And he should be, because Liverpool did did play good, and you know Liverpool's just you know got to keep it together because you know the, the second game you know it, it's going to be tough. You know I always feel like the second game is always harder than the first, especially for the team that actually won the first leg. I mean, when that away goal rules you know it takes effect. I mean you're under a lot of pressure than you think. Yeah. Now we but, get to. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Who do you want to go with next, Seville, Dortmund, or do you want to go with Porto, Juventus? Well, let's get Dortmund and Seville out of the way because everybody, everybody's talking about the player, you know, who's apparently competing with Mbappe as far as, uh, as far as accomplishments and everything and popularity. So, Dortmund, you know, taking care of it on the road against Seville, and of course none other than Erling Haaland, you know, of course scoring two goals. You know, both are brilliant and, yeah. I really, um, I really figured he, he, he'd have a huge impact on this game. He's just been a beast. Uh, 18 goals in 13 games in the UEFA Champions League. Uh, I mean, right now, uh, it seems like maybe the new duel as far as who's the best player, I mean, for the future, uh, it looks like there might be a little bit of a duel between the Norwegian Holland and the Frenchman Mbappe. But uh, both I mean, Holland shows just unbelievable power and pace. Uh, the one-two that he did with Sancho to finish off the first goal was was just a thing of beauty. Uh, he has scored against all eight teams he has played against in the UEFA Champions League. And he's actually the fifth player to score twice in three straight games. So he joins 
you know, pretty interesting group of players. Inzaghi, Elber, Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo, by the way, has done that three times. And uh, Robert Lewandowski. And then um, also, too, for um, the Germans, uh, Jude Bellingham, who's an English player, became the youngest English player to ever start a UEFA Champions League game. He's only 17 years old. And um, for Dortmund, really good result because, uh, frankly, they haven't been playing well in the Bundesliga. They're, you know, like sitting back in sixth place and they're, you know, quite a ways behind Bayern Munich. So, um, and uh, for Dortmund, this is only their second ever away win in Spain. And the last time they did that was in 1997 when they beat Atletico Madrid, which also, coincidentally enough, was the time when Dortmund won the, the Champions League. So um, kind of an interesting-looking thing with, with that for, for Dortmund. But uh, good game against Seville. Uh, Dion gets a late goal for Seville to give them some hope. So on the one hand, Seville is only down one goal for the return leg going back to Germany. But Dortmund with the three away goals. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's certainly all to play for, but I think it's a result that uh, the Germans have to be very, very happy with. And they should. And speaking of uh, Holland, uh, he has scored 10 Champions League goals in just seven appearances, appearances for Borussia Dortmund. And that's the quickest of a player has ever reached 10 goals for a team in this competition. And that breaks a record that was previously held by Roy McKay, who did this record um, with Bayern Munich back in the 2003 and 2004 tournament. So, I mean, th this is just like Mbappe, you know, just playing great, breaking records. I mean, some people are already teasing the fact that Mb the Mbappe and uh, Haaland uh, thingy is kind of going to end up being like, you know, Messi and uh, Ronaldo. It's going to be nice to see how the trajectory of these two young players go. I mean, they both have a serious upside, and they're both playing really, really well. Um, the other game today that was a little bit of a surprise, well, it was a surprise on two points. Um, Porto beat Juventus 2-1, to one, which was a little bit of a surprise, but the bigger surprise was how they did it. Uh, Porto... <laughs> no kidding. Porto was absolutely dominant in most of the game. And uh, Juventus got punished uh, opening of the first half, opening of the second half. Um, Taremi uh, takes advantage of just a brutal back pass and uh, puts Porto up early. And then um, uh, Marenga, he gets a goal. Uh, Mali International gets a goal uh, within a minute of the restart of the second half. Chiesa uh, is able to score for Juventus off a feed from uh, French international Rabiot. But Chiesa uh, at least gives Juventus a little bit of hope because they got a big away goal, and now on the return going back to Turin, they're only down one goal, and They've definitely got the firepower where they could come back in the return leg. But still, it was a really, really poor performance from the Italians today. It definitely was. And, and watching that goal, just terrible, terrible 
clearance attempt, you know, I mean, literally the, the defender would, would, try, would kick the ball back, and like you said, they took advantage of it. I mean, absolutely horrible. I mean, it's humiliating, it's, especially, you know, you know, for Juventus. And speaking of Adrien Rabiot, I mean, that <laughs> attempted uh, the, uh, the bicycle kick, I mean, he did his best, but if, if it had gone in, I mean, that would have been amazing. But, um, but yeah, um, Tarini just totally punished Bentecourt for that really, really awful back pass. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Rabiot, it's actually good to see him playing good. It's, it's, it's good to see that he's, he's regained some of his confidence. He's got some of his passion for the game again. You know, he's happy again because, you know, ever since his omission from the from the squad for the French squad for the 2018 World Cup, you know, I was a little worried about his future, but, you know, and, and we talked about this uh, not long ago uh, on a previous episode of, of this show, but it really seems that he and Didier Deschamps patched things up. He's playing for a different club where he's happy, so it's really good to see Rabiot actually be happy again. Yep, and for American fans, Weston McKinney was playing for Juventus today. Average match. Um, I think they, I think Perlo had him lined up in more of an offensive type of position than He's really, McKinney's not a, a striker type of player. I mean, he's definitely more of a workhorse. You know, he, he could get the goal for you now and then, but, you know, his strength is just using using his pace uh, and tenacity. But uh, but for McKinney, it was a fairly average match against Porto today in Portugal. It definitely was. And it was said, you know, Ronaldo was in the lineup, but, you know, no goal for Ronaldo, so that was a... A little bit shocking, but you know Porto, like you said, just a dominant from the get go. You know, it, it really seems to me that Juventus obviously underestimated Porto, but but you brought up a good point: the fact that Juventus was actually able to put a put a goal, and the second leg is on their turf. So Juventus has a bit of an edge going to the second leg. Well, and Porto, uh, the last time that they went really really deep in this competition was two thousand four uh, when they won it all, but. Um, Certainly, if Porto can get a good result in Turin in a couple of weeks, I think that would be, it would certainly be an upset. But by the same token, excuse me, by the same token, too, uh, they, they played really well today. Um, you know, it's not like they parked the bus and got a couple of counterattack goals. I mean, they, they definitely dominated play against Juventus. I mean, in Juventus's case, it would be humiliating if they were if they were to be eliminated for the second straight year in the round of sixteen. I mean, let's not forget last tournament they were eliminated, you know, courtesy of uh, Lyon. Yeah, this would this would be this. I don't know. I think losing to Lyon last year was probably the bigger surprise. I mean, Lyon was not very fancy. I mean, even though they made you know that incredible deep run into the semifinals, but. Um, I think I I still think yes Porto Porto can get the result and they can beat Juventus. Yeah, I think it's a surprising result, but it's not nearly as surprising as last year when we all dumped Juventus out. Yeah, it certainly wouldn't. But in the image of Juventus, it would just be humiliating, and that's just bad luck. Well, let's go ahead and take a, a look at, at next week's games. We got Atletico Madrid and Chelsea. Lazio and Bayern Munich, Atalanta and Real Madrid, Manchester City and Mönchengladbach. Which game do you want to start with with the preview, Steve? 
Atletico Chelsea is by far and away the most intriguing one because Atletico is playing so well in La Liga. Um, you know, they're up by like seven points on Real Madrid and Barcelona. They've, they've, Luis Suarez has played unbelievably well in La Liga for Atletico Madrid. Chelsea, who had been having kind of a down period ever since Thomas Tuchel came over from PSG where he got canned, um, Chelsea has been playing very, very good ball. They've been inspired. Um, this will be a really, really intriguing match. Um, opening leg will be at Madrid. So uh, we'll, we'll have to see how that one goes. But um, I, have a, I have a tough time picking that one. I guess I'm probably going to lean a little bit more towards Atletico. I have to go with Atletico as well. It's certainly going to be a hard-fought game, you know, with Luis Suarez, you know, playing great, and you know, with Chelsea with some talent on their side, you know, with the likes of, you know, you know, and, and speaking of the talent, you know, Timo Werner in, in last uh, game, you know, he had finally you know, put up a goal. It was great to see Olivier Giroud put up one as well, but he didn't start that game. But, but I think Atletico Madrid certainly has to try. But that's definitely. I'm, I'm not going to make a prediction because you know I have a saying, you know, don't make predictions you can't back up. And for, and for right now, you know, while Chelsea's is not really regarded as a better team than, than Atletico. I mean, Chelsea's been pretty good. And, you know, they've yet to lose a game since uh, the appointing of Thomas Tuchel. So this is just a game where I have to, where I have to say, you know, I'm not going to make a prediction. We'll just have to wait and see. But I am certainly looking forward to talking about it next week. Lazio, Bayern, Munich. Um, I, think that, I think this is one where Bayern, I think, will actually get the win on the road in Rome against Lazio. Well, Bayern, Munich... Uh, as I said before, I have Bayern Munich, you know, as the favorite to win the tournament again, and Bayern Munich can go in. And if we remember last uh, in last uh, tournament, all the destruction that they caused, you know, in the knockout stage. So, don't be surprised if if they start start off exactly if they pick up exactly where they left off last season. If they start wreaking havoc in the round of sixteen with Lazio possibly possibly being their first casualty. Wednesday game, Atalanta hosting uh, Real Madrid and Bergamo. This is an intriguing matchup. Um, Atalanta, fun team to watch, really offensive. Uh, Real Madrid, they've got skilled players, um, but this is also a Real Madrid team that, it, astonishingly, still they survived two defeats to Shakhtar Donetsk in group play to still be able to qualify uh, for the round of, of 16. It still boggles my, my mind. Um, Ramos is still out. Um, so, and I think sort of as Ramos goes, I think so Real Madrid goes. This is what I'm actually going to pick at Atlanta to, to get the home win. I think so too. I think Atalanta picks it up because Real Madrid is still no signs of getting better. I mean, they pick up a win every now and then, but there's no signs of of the strength going up. and And I have a feeling that you know, if Real Madrid's eliminated in the round of sixteen, I mean, this will be the third consecutive year. And if that happens, well, here's a here's a prediction that that's certainly realistic. Zidane could be gone, and I don't know if he's going to be sacked or if he's actually going to voluntarily resign from the position. Hard to say. Um, Motion Gladbach hosting Man City. Man City, of, of the teams that are left, 
I think Man City is the one team right now that could give Real Madrid on the day. I think they could give, or excuse me, they could give uh, Bayern Munich a really, really tough time. Um, Man City has just been playing phenomenal, even without two of their very, very best players. Um, and, you know, let's not forget that, you know, Pep Guardiola, for all of his domestic success that he's had in England, you know, he's won League Cups, he's won FA Cups, he's won EPL titles. In spite of all that talent that Manchester City has possessed during his tenure, um, Man City just has not done that well, and they keep getting shocked in the Champions League by supposedly lesser opponents. So uh, this year I think it changes. I, I think Man City will dispatch Moshe Gladbach without too much difficulty. I think Manchester City is probably the... Well, aside from Bayern Munich, you know, being the favorite, like you said, yeah, Manchester City is definitely that team that can give them a run for their money. Manchester City has not lost a game since November twenty first, so. And um, and they looked really really good today against Everton at Goodison Park. Uh, they uh, pretty much played with Everton, and um, if you haven't had a chance to see it, the Mares goal. The Algerian scores just an absolute howitzer from 20 yards. It's unbelievable. I mean, Manchester City, a clear 10 points away from Manchester United, who's in second. As far as the, I mean, as far as the EPL title goes, it's probably safe to say it belongs to Manchester City. I don't think they're, I don't think they're relinquishing at this point. They're on fire. There's no signs of slowing down. It's theirs. It's really a shame, too, really, but, hey. Anyway, see that there's a little bit of uh, technical difficulties. Well, it looks like we've covered everything anyway. So, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, Into the Net FC is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Thank you all very, very much for joining me this week, and we will see you next time. Thank you. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.